So today we continue in our study of the seven deadly sins. The week before homecoming. The week before fried chicken and mashed potatoes and green beans and salad and dessert. We come to the sin of gluttony. I did not plan this. I did not six weeks ago when we started on the seven deadly sins. Let's do, I, I didn't, it just hit, but sorry about that. It's interesting to me that when God created the earth, he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and he gave them one command. One. Don't eat that from the tree of the middle. The original command the original sin had to do with eating. It's interesting. God didn't use touch. He didn't use sight. He didn't use sound. He didn't use smell. But his command was not to eat of that one particular tree. It's also interesting that I've studied about gluttony. And I've been studying gluttony for a long time. It's interesting that Jesus' first temptation was about turning rocks and into food, into bread, so he could eat. Baptists love to eat. Methodists and Presbyterians and Catholics and our Jewish neighbors and you name it, even atheists, eat. And the Bible's filled with stories about people eating. God fed the children of Israel with manna from the sky. The children of Israel were headed to a land, remember the description of it? Flowing with milk and honey. I'm interested in that land, aren't you? There are many stories of Jesus eating with his disciples or even eating with sinners. He fed 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. So a big crowd one day with a little boy's lunch. And he had 12 baskets of leftovers. God gave us taste buds and he gave us some great things to eat, didn't he? But what does the Bible say about gluttony? Proverbs 23, 2. If you're a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Do you know that was in there? Proverbs 23, beginning at verse 19. My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gloves. For they are on their way to poverty and too much sleep clothes them in rags. So the picture here is a life that's out of control. And about that, Proverbs 25, 28 says this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. That's an interesting picture from the day what protected the city was the walls, and if they were broken down, just anything could happen if they weren't protected. And that verse really applies to all areas of our lives, but in eating, we all must show self-control. I love my, my daughter uh, last weekend went to the Dillard house. Now, if you're new to Georgia and you don't know what the Dillard house is, you find a Georgian in this room and get them to draw you a map and you go as quickly as you can to the Dillard House as soon as this service is over. 
It is one of my favorite places to eat. Is that wrong going to the Dillard House? Well, I go about every two or three years. I think that's okay. If I went once a week, we might have, or every day, we might have a problem. Today, it's not my goal to make anybody feel guilty about what you eat. And I'll also add that size and shape can have very little to do with gluttony. It is not an indicator. I heard about a woman who had tried everything to lose weight. Diet, exercise, suppressive pills, hypnosis. And finally, she found something that worked. A 12 by 18 picture of a beautiful, thin, shapely woman dressed in a string bikini on a Hawaiian beach and she taped it on her refrigerator. And every time she was tempted to snack, she'd see the picture and think, that's what I want. And it was a strong deterrent for her. During the first month, she lost 10 pounds and her husband gained 30. <laughs> The biggest eaters that I have known have been skinny people. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, it makes me mad, and I used to be one of them. Every 4th of July in Coney Island on ESPN is the hot dog eating. Have you seen this? Some people can't stand to watch it. This is Joey Chestnut one of the biggest eaters in the world, and he's not that big of a guy. He's not big at all. But this past, past 4th of July, he ate 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Buns and dog, 72 in 10 minutes. So, you get rid of Joey Chestnut. So today, I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to feel blessed by what God has given you. And I also want us to see how we can give to others that are in need. Some statistics I have found, and they change every year, so this is as close as I could get. 842 million people suffer from hunger worldwide. 842 million. That's almost 12% of the world's population. 9 million people die of, world, of hunger each year according to the world hunger statistics. 9 million people. It is said that approximately 3.1 million children die of hunger each year. That's 8,500 a day world. That's one every ten seconds. So if you do the math, it has happened a lot just while I've been speaking. If that seems overwhelming and depressing, it is. And as we hear those statistics and see those numbers, you might already be thinking, what can we do about that? What is it that I can do? Did that hit you as we you get those numbers? What is it that I can do? When you ask that question, you let the world know that you're not a glutton. When you begin to think about others, 
and not of yourself all of the time, that's an indication. Because a glutton wants as much as they can get, and they're not interested in giving anything away. One of my favorite definitions of gluttony was defined, gluttony is keeping all the cookies for yourself. This morning, I almost, as a sermon illustration, got a box of something you would like. Krispy Kreme donuts. And I almost walked around among you going, look what I have, while I ate them and not shared with you at all. But some of you are bigger than I am, so I chose not to do that as an illustration. But gluttony is keeping it all for yourself and not sharing. And what a horrible illustration that would have been. Matthew chapter 25, the section of Scripture, we've looked at a lot together. And we will again. But it tells us how we ought to live and how we ought not to live. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He'll put the sheep in his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at the right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Naked, you gave me clothing. Sick, you took care of me. In prison, you visited me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you food? When was it we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, this, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he'll say to those at the left, You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. A stranger, you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, you did not visit. And they'll answer, Lord, when did we see you? Hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, and in prison, and did not take care of you. And he'll answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, the righteous into eternal life. In Matthew 25, Jesus paints a picture of what a true Christian does and how we live. Followers of Christ will feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty, among other things. Couple of other scripture that speak to us because we are so blessed. James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked or lacks daily food, one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, 
is dead. This is important to God. In 1 John 3, we see these words. This is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not like, be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers, and you know the murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. But we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? So if you've got extra, God expects us to help. So let's get specific. What can we do? Because the world has made it hard to do that. Once upon a time, you could go to any local school, and as a pastor, I did it, and I would ask, I need a list of people that might need help with food or clothing. And they could give you a list, you've probably done this too, and you could take up and give to them. Laws have changed in our society, and privacy has changed, and you can go to a school and ask for a list, and you're not going to get a list. Sometimes it gets hard about what to do. Well, here's some things you can do. In our welcome center, there's a box. And the box is for your food donation, and these go to Sandy Springs Community Assistance Center. And about every month, Ralph and Winbrook roll them out into the car and put them in the trunk, and they take them to the center, and it helps feed needy families in Sandy Springs. Some of you are in the habit of bringing and giving to that. Some of you are not. If you would like to do something, that's one thing you can do. Every fifth Sunday, Mickey Sewell and her angels uh, feed friends at uh, the Mount Vernon Baptist Church, Mount Vernon Methodist Church, uh, right next to the funeral home. And actually, the Methodist Church there does it every week. And if you would like to help with that, you can do that. Maybe you can adopt a family. Maybe you have a neighbor. Maybe you can find a food pantry to give to or an organization that you already know about. When you say those things and think about those things and plan those things, the thing hits me, a glutton would never do that. A glutton wouldn't give food. A glutton wouldn't serve others because it's all about them. That's the danger of gluttony. But the opposite, a generous love for the needs of others, well, that can change the world, can't it? My mother died when I was young. And some of you in this room knew her better than I did, perhaps. One of the greatest memories I have of my mother, and I don't have a lot, but one of the greatest memories I have is how she put her husband and her children first. There were five kids in our, in our house. Four bad ones and me. So there were five of us in the house. And I remember mealtime. And this is, these were the days before restaurants. 
Families didn't go out to eat. That was a special treat if you could ever go anywhere. But every Sunday, we would go to the house, the parsonage right across the road, and we would eat. I remember about my mother, and it's funny the things you remember, that if there was one thing left, she would never take the last thing, ever, under any circumstances. She would offer it to the other six of us in the room, at a minimum six. Sometimes we would drag friends home, and so she would offer it to them too. She would offer it to anybody and everybody, and she would never take the last thing for it. You've had an example like that, likely. And she put others first. And I loved her for that. And when we do that, our world's a much better place. Let's pray.